The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Buzz Burbank. News and comment. Tuesday, September 6th, 2016. From the one-man worldwide newsroom, this is free and independent news. Made possible when you shop back to school through the Amazon links at buzzburbank.com. Welcome to the other side of Labor Day. I hope you had a great holiday and please remember to slow down and keep your eyes on the road as a lot more kids head back to school today. As expected, Americans took to the roads in record numbers over the Labor Day weekend thanks to the lowest gas prices in 12 years. And as you return from the Labor Day break, the news gets even better. With the seasonal switch to cheaper refining, gas prices will continue to go down to a national average of $1.95 a gallon in the remaining months of 2016. While the water was just starting to recede in Florida, beaches up and down the East Coast were closed for Labor Day, all from Tropical Storm Ermine. And now, Ermine, the first hurricane to hit Florida in 11 years, has been downgraded to a cyclone, but could still do damage in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Long Island. The biggest threat to the New England states is a strong storm surge that could bring dangerous high tides and flooding, even if the storm never comes ashore. High pressure in Canada is preventing the storm from moving northward. Ermine could still be just offshore into Thursday of this week, but shouldn't pose much of a threat after today. Things got rough on North Carolina's outer banks over the weekend as horrified people watched a Harris Teeter semi-tractor trailer topple over as it crossed the Virginia Dare Memorial Bridge. The driver was not seriously injured, but the storm has caused at least four deaths along its path through the mainland. Meanwhile, in the Pacific, Hurricane Lester was demoted to a tropical storm as it moved away from Hawaii. Hurricane Madeline, which had also threatened the island state, has also weakened to a tropical storm. A half dozen states in the south-central part of the United States may want to have a talk with Oklahoma. A 5.6 earthquake apparently caused by fracking was felt in six other states, Texas, Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri, Nebraska, and Iowa. The 7 a.m. quake was centered eight miles northwest of Pawnee, Oklahoma, followed shortly after by a 3.6 aftershock, the first of several. It ties a record set five years ago for the Sooner State's biggest quake. No one got seriously hurt, but there were injuries and there was damage, especially in Pawnee, where a hundred-year-old historic sandstone building came tumbling down. For that area, Oklahoma's governor ordered the immediate temporary shutdown of seven of the state's 2,400 fracking wells. She also declared a state of emergency for Pawnee County as inspectors study nearly 200 bridges for damage. The Pawnee Nation of Native Americans also declared an emergency after it, too, sustained structural damage. Inspections are underway there as well. Los Angeles International Airport was evacuated again over the weekend, its second evacuation in a week. This time, what started as a traffic stop outside the terminal resulted in a massive security breach. Some unscreened passengers not involved in the traffic stop were ordered by police to clear certain areas forcing them beyond the security checkpoints and even out onto the tarmac. Terminal 3 at LAX then had to be security swept with bomb-stiffing dogs, and about 2,000 passengers had to be processed by security again. It led to delays on Frontier, JetBlue, and Virgin America. With Labor Day in the rearview mirror, Congress is finally going back to work after a seven-week break, the longest break in modern history. Our lawmakers will be in session for less than a month, 
before taking another vacation, this one six weeks long, before returning as lame ducks. In the meantime, they have until Friday to pass at least a temporary budget to avoid another government shutdown. The Senate is expected to vote today on money to fight the Zika virus. The presidential campaign also heats up more now that Labor Day is behind us, both candidates hitting the road in battleground states as each struggles to get a decent lead over the other. They are, according to some polls, essentially tied. Nearly a week after it was to have been clarified, the Trump immigration policy is still vague on several key points. By Sunday's Meet the Press, running mate Mike Pence was still unable to say what might happen to the 11 million undocumented immigrants who already live in the U.S. who are not among the bad guys. Will they be deported? Pence wouldn't say, but added, there are people in different circumstances in that category. What Pence did do was continue the tough talk. We're going to enforce the laws of this country, he said. We're going to make sure we essentially end illegal immigration once and for all. After that, Pence says immigrants will be handled humanely and with the compassion of the American people. But Pence says Trump would kill the DREAM Act that allows immigrants brought here as children, kids who were educated and grew up here, to stay. Pence says there is no softening in the Trump immigration policy. Trump's angry conservative base would likely abandon him if there were a softening. Pence also passed on a chance to explain how Mexico would pay for the border wall that Trump's most ardent supporters also want. Pence adding, one thing Donald Trump knows is how to do a deal. As for Trump's still-secret tax papers, Pence says he'll be releasing his own tax returns in the coming week and that Trump will follow as soon as the IRS completes the audits. The latest polls have Hillary Clinton maintaining her national lead over Trump, but barely by the margin of error. She still also leads in most swing states, although that lead has narrowed in the past few weeks as she's had to deal with more email fallout. Clinton's also been laying low for the past three weeks, out fundraising and staying away from reporters who want to ask about those emails. All that began to change yesterday as for the first time Clinton allowed reporters to start flying with her on her campaign plane. For whatever relief it may give us, the hack into the voter rolls in Illinois wasn't as bad as first thought. Now it appears fewer than 90,000 registered voters were exposed, not the 200,000 we'd heard at first. In an update, the Illinois Elections Board says information on 700 people was lifted, but that it was data already available from other sources, names, addresses, phone numbers, email addresses, and dates of birth. Those 700 will get a letter in the mail from the Elections Board advising them of the breach. But the investigation shows this was a complex and sophisticated attack involving thousands of inquiries. And it shows the hackers, apparently Russian, didn't tamper with or change any of the data this time. For nine years in the late 60s and early 70s, the U.S. dropped a lot of bombs on Laos as the Vietnam War dragged on. Even today, previously unexploded bombs go off, injuring and sometimes killing Laotians. On a swing through Asia, President Obama became the first president since that war to visit Laos, and he promised $90 million to clean up those remaining warheads. The president won't be visiting the Philippines, where new Philippine President Duterte has been executing drug dealers and drug users without a trial. Mr. Obama had hoped to speak with Duterte about that, but now the visit's been canceled since Duterte has said he wouldn't discuss the issue with, quote, that son of a bitch, Obama. Now in its fourth year, with over three and a half million downloads, this is Buzz Burbank News and Comment on the Realm Network.
Whether it's back to school or off to college, Amazon Prime Student makes it faster, easier, and, hey, more importantly, more affordable. Like Amazon Prime, a student membership means free two-day shipping and unlimited video streaming of TV shows and movies. But a Prime Student membership starts with a six-month free trial, and it offers exclusive deals and promotions, plus a safe place to store all the photos you want at no extra charge. Help support this free daily newscast and save yourself some time and money by going through my Amazon links at buzzburbank.com to sign up for your free trial now. In fact, you can even make money by getting your friends to sign up because Amazon offers a $5 bounty for every customer referral from members of Student Prime. Sign up today and support this free daily news whether you stay with Student Prime or not. There's nothing to lose since those first six months are free. You'll find everything you need at Amazon, including the best deals on textbooks new and used. So don't miss out. Join Amazon Prime Student right away. For that and all your Amazon shopping, thank you for using my links at buzzburbank.com. It's a matter of trust. That's why President Obama says he could not come to an agreement to get peace in Syria when he met with Russia's Vladimir Putin. The two leaders met in China, where they were also attending a 20-nation summit. Putin and Obama talked privately for about an hour and a half, a talk Obama described as businesslike and blunt. Putin called the talks constructive. But the talks did not lead to a Syrian peace agreement, thanks to what our president calls gaps of trust. At least 40 people died in bombings in Syria over the weekend. Mr. Obama is now turning the talks over to Secretary of State John Kerry to continue this tough negotiation with his Russian counterpart. Putin and Obama talked about other issues, of course, including Russia's invasion of Crimea and cybersecurity. In fact, after the meeting, Mr. Obama made it a point to thumb our noses a bit at Mr. Putin on the subject of those pesky Russian hackers. The president came out of the meeting saying publicly what he may have said to Putin, that the U.S. is superior to Russia when it comes to cybersecurity, offense, and defense. Frankly, said Obama, we have more capacity. To some, the president's remarks began to sound a bit like a warning to Russia. Mr. Obama and the United States would prefer to work out some mutually agreeable rules, quote, so everybody's acting responsibly. Not invited to that G20 summit is North Korea, which was test-firing missiles into Japanese waters right next door to its ally China, which was hosting the summit. And North Korea did this, of course, without any advance notice. The U.S. called the launches a reckless threat to ships and planes. The U.N. says it was a clear violation. But North Korea has now made it clear that its missile program has improved a lot. All three missiles, as in previous tests, landed in the same spot at the same time. The U.S. wants to install an anti-missile system in South Korea to shoot down Kim Jong-un's ballistic missiles. China might agree if it didn't mean the U.S. also gets a better shot at shooting down Chinese missiles. Before the summit, Russia agreed to join South Korea in efforts to stall, neutralize, or cripple North Korea's missile program. Also before the summit, the U.S. and China formally ratified the Paris Climate Change Agreement. It now has to be ratified by at least 55% of the other 200 countries involved before it can go into effect. Quoting President Obama, Someday we may see this as the moment we finally decided to save our planet. Critics of the Iran nuclear deal have some new ammunition in a report from a panel of scientists and security experts. In this report, the Institute for Science and International Security says the Obama administration let Iran skate on a few of the requirements it was supposed to have met back in January. 
Iran agreed to a list of requirements in order to get the U.S. and five other Western nations to lift the economic sanctions that had crippled Iran for about three decades. The report says the Obama administration gave Iran a pass on a few of those requirements to help it make the deadline and to protect Mr. Obama's presidential legacy, which includes getting Iran to reverse its nuclear weapons development. The White House spokesman says Iran is in compliance. That's not my opinion. He says that's not rhetoric. That's not conjecture. That is a fact verified by international experts. The State Department adds there's been no moving of the goalposts. And although the report that argues otherwise is from a nonprofit group, it makes the conservative argument that Mr. Obama gave up too much just to get Iran to sign that nuclear deal. There were more amusement park injuries over the weekend. At the Delta Fair near Memphis, 14 people went to hospitals after the restraint bars on the Moonraker popped up before the ride had ended. Fair operators painted it as a malfunction, but witnesses and law enforcement say the ride operator panicked and released the bars prematurely. Fair operators say the riders were taken to a hospital, quote, for strictly precautionary reasons. Here's your Fandango movie roundup for the week. With so many young people returning from vacations and heading back to school, even the long holiday weekend was not a good one for the movie industry. We could argue it wasn't even a great weekend for movies. The horror show Don't Breathe was number one, without even coming close to the coveted $20 million mark. Suicide Squad was second with $10 million, rounding out the top five, Pete's Dragon, Kubo, and Sausage Party. For your local theaters and showtimes, for previews, for tickets, and for so much more, and to support this free news, please use and bookmark the Fandango link you'll find at buzzburbank.com. It's back to school time for 12-year-old Jeremy Schuler of Lubbock, Texas. But instead of heading into the seventh grade, as most 12-year-olds would be doing, Jeremy will be studying calculus at Cornell University. It should be a breeze since Jeremy's been doing calculus since he was seven. He had cleared his advanced placement tests by the age of 10, seven tests in all things math and science. Jeremy's now on track to be Cornell's youngest student ever. His mom homeschooled him. His dad is an engineering professor at Texas Tech. A study just out shows that mathematically inclined children generally spring from mathematically inclined parents. And finally, from the home office, a bag of weed fell out of his pants as a Florida man was arrested for violating the terms of his probation. Police easily caught up with 41-year-old Mac Yearwood after he posted his wanted poster as his Facebook profile pic. And we're back. I'm Buzz Burbank. Thank you for listening, and thanks for supporting the shows and sponsors at buzzburbank.com. I'll be back tomorrow with another Buzz Burbank news and comments. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, 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 buzz. The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network.